Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. of July is heating up and with a ton of exciting sports action and bet online is where you can find it from baseball's marquee matchups to the Olympics, including prop bets and futures. Bet online has the latest odds, news and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the Believe in Sports Law podcast via the Believe Podcast Network. So glad to be with you today and uh, always appreciate listening in. This is episode 29 of season three. And uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about the modern Olympic Games and specifically uh, how they can thrive this summer and how they can thrive well into the future. So as everybody knows, uh, it's been you know really all over the news. The Olympics are essentially um, really struggling when it comes to uh, obviously the financing here because uh, Tokyo 2020, which is obviously now being pit- played in the summer of 2021, because of the delay of the COVID pandemic uh, globally, uh, there's been obviously delays, uh, obviously in the games itself, but um, you know, construction overruns and costs and everything, building different venues, uh, this will probably go down as one of the most expensive Olympic games uh, when the cost and everything finally comes out. And I think, you know, you still have. Uh, a lot of these COVID cases around the world, particularly in places uh, like Japan and um, in really other places globally. And so it's making it difficult when it comes to uh, COVID testing and sort of how things are gonna be able to move forward, right? So all those things I think create and present some problems, but I think um, it's not the end of the world in the sense that I think anytime you have a problem, uh, you can find a solution to it. And I think if anything, what this current iteration of the Olympic Games is going to do is provide broadcasters and social media and the Olympic Committee itself to figure out how to put on the Olympic Games uh, with less cost and to do it more digitally and to engage more fans globally. And that's something that they didn't necessarily need to do as much of in the past because they had a situation where um, a lot of the profits they were making was from in-person activities. Well, of course, with the Tokyo 2020 being played, obviously, in the summer of 2021, uh, not having any fans, I think it presents some opportunities to really focus on the digital aspect and what that might look like. And, of course, how to get fans on television uh, to react uh, and to react positively. So uh, I think having no fans will 
potentially make and, and likely to make the Olympics profitability uh, nearly impossible. But I think that was already likely to happen considering the cost of the summer uh, 2020 games. 2021 slash 2020. But, uh, you know, again, the Olympics have, you know, historically always gone over costs. And I think part of it is the fact that it's a one-time event in the sense of it happens in a one sort of time period, um, you know, every four years. So, you know, in that sense, it's not like an NBA season or major league baseball season where you have consistent seasons every year and you have you know, uh, the ability to make different money. You can kind of project about what's going to go on. Olympics makes it a little more difficult because it's it's only every four years, right? So I think NBC Universal, who's the official broadcaster for uh, the Olympic Games and has been for quite some time, is going to be looking for ways to uh, make back some of the dollars that were spent on purchasing the license to the copyrighted Olympic broadcast. I think this is where technology, social media, data analytics, and encouraging fan engagement will help NBC in Tokyo uh, accomplish that. And I think, you know, ultimately we all need to get behind Tokyo here and help um, with whatever that may be when it comes to putting these games on. I know they put a lot of effort into this and um, it'd be nice to see it, it uh, be pulled off. And I think it'd be a welcome site for a lot of people around the world, right? So, some some sort of positive takeaways from this. I think with a year delay, the Olympics um, and sports fans in general, with that extra year, uh, are there's some pent up desire there, right? I think, you know, ultimately folks want to see these games. I think the athletes and trainers have an extra year to uh, to train, uh, for better or worse, right? I think in the sense of, um, you know, sometimes that waiting uh, and sort of training extra can. Uh, lead to issues and um, whether it be injury or whether it be uh, just a mental strain on this. And I don't think that can be overstated. Um, so I, I think ultimately there's going to be a lot of um, interesting um, sort of, uh, feedback from these Olympics. And I also think there's a lot of interest in them, particularly in a, in a what I think people are going to be doing a lot of traveling in the summer, or at least people are going to be doing a lot of TV watching in the summer. So uh, I think people are going to be excited about the, um, the Olympics this summer. Now, of course, as I mentioned, NBC is the official network broadcaster for the games. But what's new about this particular one is, you know, NBC in the last year or two has launched, I think it was within the last year, launched its specific streaming platform, Peacock, which is obviously named after the Peacock that appears in its logo. And um, I think that uh, that is uh, a first of its kind when it comes to streaming these games. I think it might have been available in the past, but it was on such a smaller scale. This is going to be on a massive scale. And I think NBC is really looking for a way to uh, increase sort of um, the fan engagement where you have a lot of fans that are cutting uh, the cable cord and choosing to uh, stream content. I think this will provide an opportunity for that. And I think this is, again, the streaming innovation used to be the first of its kind on a, wide, a widespread basis. Now, with no fans in attendance, NBC, NBC should do what it takes to increase uh, the streaming availability to, uh, to the fullest extent. And I think that it is. And I think it, is, it has been interesting to follow NBC and their strategy in this because 
I think in the beginning, um, they were somewhat bearish about sort of being, uh, you know, pursuing the peacock aspect with regard to the streaming. But as fans, you know, it was announced that fans weren't going to be there at the Olympic Games for the summer. And uh, this idea that, um, you know, streaming has really been increased and a lot of people are cutting the cable cord. I think it presents an opportunity uh, to really have streaming be uh, a major distributor uh, for this. Now, I think there's another aspect to this that um, can really be taken out from the Olympics. And it's this idea that, you know, a lot of times in the Olympics, you're so worried about venues, right? And you're spending so much money on venues, uh, building up venues, that sort of thing. I think for LA in 2028, one of the big pluses that they've talked about is this idea that LA has so many sports venues already between, you know, the, uh, I guess you could say that the three major universities uh, in the area that that compete in sort of uh, college sports, and that would be USC, UCLA, and Pepperdine. But then you've also got, you know, what twelve professional sports franchises, and you know, I don't know how many different venues. At least five, six, seven, uh, you know, really good venues, whether it be SoFi Stadium, the Rose Bowl, Staples Center, Dodger Stadium, uh, Angel Stadium. The pond where um, the uh, Anaheim Ducks play. So you have a lot of um, sort of opportunities, I think, when it comes to venues already being present. Now, I think one of the interesting things is going to be is this idea of the, um, where these venues are, and of course, in Tokyo, they've spent you know millions of dollars into these venues, and I think it presents an opportunity to where if you're so focused on the digital aspect, it's less focused on the venues. And I think it's a lesson to be learned going forward where, you know, uh, maybe you can cut some costs on the venues, particularly if you can increase your exposure on the digital aspect. Uh, not ideal for folks uh, like myself who like to attend things in person, but, you know, it's also one of those things like, the 2028 games were probably going to be the first Olympic games I'm going to be able to attend because most of them have been overseas. And, um, you know, those things can be expensive. And I think it's all about timing and that sort of thing. But, you know, we'll see. So I think, again, it presents an opportunity to increase the digital aspect and not so much be focused on the venue aspect. I think another key part to this is the Olympic organizers, um, NBC, the city of Tokyo, advertisers and athletes in general, would I think really be wise to follow some of the professional sports leagues um, and how they handled the pandemic during the worldwide set shutdown where fans weren't able to attend or limited, you know, limited fan attendance. And of course with the Olympics in this case, for this summer of 2021, there will be no fans at the, the Tokyo Olympics. But I think athlete performance data is always interesting. And I think especially in the light of um, you know, watching from afar and being able to engage with the screen and being able to engage with some content. So, and I think this is even more important in the Olympics because the whole point of the Olympics is comparing and measuring athletic performance. And it's specifically one athlete or one team to another, one relay team to another. And it's all about building, you know, world records. That's not necessarily the case in professional sports when it comes to the NBA, the NFL, uh, NHL, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, and the uh, international soccer leagues, 
and rugby leagues and that sort of thing, because ultimately there's no doubt that they measure performance, but really everything in the team sort of sports and professional sports is done through the context of points and runs and team wins and winning a championship. It's completely different than the Olympics. I mean, yes, it's about winning, it's about measuring data, but there it's all about like specifically looking at athletes and their performance. I mean, literally the games were created to measure athletic performance. So I think, and also with the Olympics being only happening every four years, these are athletes that you're not norm, you know, normally used to seeing unless you're you know, um, a track and field sort of uh, person and you, you, you love watching track and field and you follow that, which is, you know, these are, these are great sports. But I think the Olympics provides an opportunity uh, to really measure this data, share this data, um, obviously with privacy concerns in play, but I think technology, the collection of privacy data and the health performance of these Olympic athletes is going to be uh, fantastic. I don't think it's going to be something that um, the fans have ever seen before, let alone the individual athletes themselves. You know, I think that a couple uh, last points I'm going to make here, you know, look, content is still king, right? The distribution is still queen. So I think enhancing the consumption through different camera angles, mic'd up athletes and coaches should provide for some really interesting fun and, you know, dare we say controversial dialogue. I think that, um, you know, content distribution is going to be important again, as I mentioned with NBC's Peacock streaming platform, but so is social media. Uh, I think this is, you know, obviously a key social media has only grown since the last Olympics. It continues to be a catalyst uh, for sharing of content in sports. And I think it's, you know, again, the Olympics is going to provide a great opportunity for that. One thing the Olympics might think about doing is maybe easing up on their rules of sharing content, particularly with the use of the word Olympics, only because it might be helpful to increase engagement. Now, of course, they have to balance that with the risk of you know, their trademarks and that sort of thing, but it's just something to keep in mind from a business perspective. You know, also speaking of content, this is gonna be a really fun Olympic games because when you look at there are some of the sports that are being added. So if you look at, um, USA Today had reported that there were some new sports coming in and uh, those sports were going to be, um, let's see, karate, skateboarding, sports climbing and surfing. I think uh, all terrific sports, I think particularly uh, the skateboarding aspect, sports climbing and surfing because those are really getting into the action sports stuff, specifically skateboarding and surfing. I think that's gonna really provide for some international exposure into those sports. I think baseball and softball are both returning. Now, disappointingly, uh, the uh, baseball is not going to have professional baseball players because they're in the middle of the season. There's been some arguments about whether the commissioner should have and the team should have allowed for you know a two-week break for baseball to be played. Um, I think I personally would have liked that. Uh, it's the same argument when you're talking about the World Baseball Classic except that's played in, I think, the, the fall or the spring, um, you know, every four years. So it's one of those things where I think, you know, people have made the argument, well, it should be played in season. Should there be a break? I mean, I personally think it would be great and it'd be a nice sort of like mid-season competition. Even the NBA has moved towards this model where they have mid-season uh, tournaments. 
So I think between the new sports, I think between the availability of the Peacock streaming platform, I think the sort of increase in social media, I think the use of uh, player uh, data and analytics and measuring human performance, I think is going to be fantastic. Uh, and I think, you know, the less focus on venues is going to provide uh, these broadcasters and streamers and the Olympic Committee itself and, and cities who are going to be hosting the Olympics an opportunity to uh, measure, uh, you know, uh, the Olympics and to be focused less on venues and more focused on digital distribution and how that can benefit uh, in-person attendance um, when the Olympics goes back to that, you know, likely for 2024, Paris. So uh, this is what we have, you know, and, and I think that um, the action sports uh, will, uh, between skateboarding and surfing, will bring in an, a, a completely different and expanded audience, uh, where normally when you're seeing Winter Olympic Games, that's where you're seeing um, this idea of skateboarding and other action sports, where I think this is going to provide an opportunity for that. Now, look, at the end of the day, Tokyo is definitely going to miss the in-person fans and revenue that... Um, uh, that, that those folks bring, and especially the growth of a local area's economic activity, all the money and time that's gone into this, you know, imagine building up a city for millions of people to visit and then nobody shows up, right? And that's essentially what's happening here. It's only going to be locals there uh, in terms of in the area, but nobody's going to be attending these games. So uh, this present a problem, but I think, again, the international aspect, the digital, digital aspect, the consumption aspect, I think uh, there's, there's some opportunities there. Uh, I know for sure I'll be listening in myself. I think that um, the Olympics provide a special place uh, for the world to really reconnect and to use sports as a catalyst for, uh, for change, for getting along uh, and really just enjoying it. So. I look forward to uh, watching the Olympic Games and uh, appreciate listening into the show this week. And I uh, will look forward to being back with you uh, very soon. So again, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the Believe in Sports Law podcast via the Believe Podcast Network. And thank you again for making the Believe in Sports Law show the number one sports law show in the world. Have a great week. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube